to another episode of Two Strike Noise, your weekly baseball history podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Jeff. Joining me as always from the Pacific Northwest is my co-host, Mark A. Johnston. Mark, welcome. How are you doing? Hey, I we're doing a show today. I thought we were just chatting. Oh, right on. How exciting. I don't talk to you outside of the show. You know that. <laughs> I know. I was just kind of hoping that maybe I had a friend, but <laughs> I, I know better than to hope too hard. So, you know, I'm doing good, man. I'm ready to rumble. This is going to be a fun show. Yeah. So we're uh, we're recording this on July 28th. We have no idea if baseball is still being played <laughs> when you hear this. Uh, well, I don't know. I'm kind of half hoping it is, half hoping it isn't. <laughs> I hope everybody's safe. That's all. We hope everybody's safe and everybody's having fun. That's all we care there about. There you go. Uh, but we've got, yeah, Mark, we've got a great show for you today. We have got another former player joining us today. It is a baseball legacy to his father. The, the father of our guest today has won a Cy Young and a World Series. And then our guest has been, uh, he spent 11 years in the big leagues playing for several teams, including one of which uh, Ricky Henderson was on, there the 1991 A's, which great. didn't turn out. Wasn't his favorite uh, time, but we are talking about uh, Vance Law, a just a super utility guy, played everywhere but catcher in his career. But more than that, was a super great guest, and we can't wait to share that with you. One thing I did learn, Mark, is that you and I can't stay within a formatted time with guests because we have so many questions. <laughs> I know that that's something that, uh, um, I've kind of noticed as well. It's like, Oh, what time we is it? Work on that. Yeah. Yeah. Another two parter. I don't know. I love talking to these former guys. I have so many questions and Vance was so great. He had such a great memory about specific at bats and stuff. Yeah. It was really great. Yeah. It's a really good interview. So be sure to stick around for that. We did play a, a, a episode of wax packs hero with Vance. That'll be on next week. Cause we're going to break this up into two shows. So it will be Mark and I will have another episode of wax packs heroes between ourselves. Cause I'm crushing it lately and I'm looking to come back. So stick around for that as well. That should be fun. But first, Mark, let's warm up because we're old and we don't want to, you know, strain, uh, strain a muscle or, or break a hip. So let's right. uh, let's head right into BP. All right, I'm ready. All right. So I got a couple of things for you. A couple of them are actually date centric. So, um, you know, we usually do and we will do debuts. Uh, but I just want to mention that this show is debuting on August 4th. So I have a couple of things I wanted to talk about that happened on August 4th. First of all, on August 4th, 1908, the Cardinals beat the Brooklyn Superbas, who we've talked about, one of my favorite nicknamed teams. They uh, won the game three to nothing. But what is remarkable about this game and what I wanted to talk about is it was played with a single baseball. (laughs) Wow. One ball was used throughout the entirety of a nine inning game. That's impressive. I, I mean, you can't even do that at the Sandlot. No, I'm just wondering what that ball felt like by the end of the game. (laughs) Just like it was probably like holding a handful of oatmeal and it's just kind of seeping through your fingers. Yeah, most likely. So I I, I thought that was interesting on its own. But, you know, with the extra rules put in place for COVID in in the Major League Baseball this year, they say that they're averaging between 22 and 25 dozen baseballs per game that they're using because... Again, I'm, I'm doing air quotes. They say they are throwing them out more often and stuff, but 
They also said they weren't going to throw it around the horn, but they do that. And it goes right back to the pitcher and a bunch of other things. But I just thought it was interesting the uh, the difference between a game that used a single ball versus just dozens and dozens. How, <laughs> how many balls would you, because you shared this with us a while ago, and I thought it was interesting that as, a, as a, a bat boy, you actually in the minor leagues rubbed up the balls more often than not than the umpires. How many balls did you rub up for a game? Well, it, it's, um, you're supposed to have 12 dozen, you know, at least those were the rules when I was there. And then you would, the umpires would give you a bag of pearly white baseballs and some mud. And you'd sit there and you'd get them dirty and rub them up and get them. So you didn't want them to be slick, you know? Um, so back in my day, I never thought I'd say that, but I just said it back in my day, uh, 12 dozen baseballs is what you would have rubbed up for the game. That doesn't even make sense. Like you're supposed to pay your dues in the minors and it seems like rubbing up baseballs would be it. And then once you get to the majors, you have somebody else do it. But it's like the opposite of, of players, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. The umpires weren't really into uh, doing the whole rub up thing themselves. I'm I'm guessing umpires don't tip out the fat boys either. Umpires will tip you out, but you got to remember what minor league umpires make and be happy yeah. with anything you get. <laughs> All right, I got another thing for you that happened on this day in 1948. I just happened to be looking at what was going on this day, and there's a couple of interesting things. Red Barber. So we know he's a Hall of Fame announcer. He used to call games for the uh, Brooklyn Dodgers before uh, Vince Scully. Well, Red Barber was recovering from a bleeding ulcer, and so Ernie Harwell filled in for him. Oh, wow. And called his very first major league game. The Dodgers beat the Cubs at Ebbets Field 5-4. to four. So impressed with uh, so impressed with Ernie Harwell that Brooklyn Dodger general manager Branch Rickey traded minor league catcher Clip Dapper to the Atlanta Crackers for Ernie Harwell. Wow! So I didn't know that Ernie Harwell apparently called some some Dodger games at one point, but I'm... he was so impressed, <laughs> Branch Rickey, he traded a catcher for him. That's that's amazing. That's impressive. I mean, you know, just to be able to say that. Yeah, well, they uh, they dealt uh, they dealt for me, and that's why I work for the Dodgers. What do you mean they dealt for you? Well, they traded a catcher. For- <laughs> <laughs> didn't the didn't the Mariners have to give up a draft pick or two to get Lou Pinella from the Rays? The, uh, it was the other way around. Oh, it was the other way. Okay, yeah, the Rays had to give us Randy Wynn ah, for Lou okay. Pinella. Yeah, there you go. So, so you, you don't happening. have to be a player. You can you can just be a guy. You can also trade for for uh, a bag of balls and a couple of bats. That's right. Which or a steak dinner, as Dave remember Dave Winfield was traded for a steak dinner. That's right. <laughs> you just never know. So I got one more thing for you here. A game that took place in 1984, and I just I thought this led me to think of something else. So uh, Dave Kingman, playing in the Metrodome in Minneapolis, hits a 180 foot pop up straight up into in, into the roof of the Metrodome, and it enters a drainage valve that is just l- barely larger than a baseball. And much to the surprise of the Twins infielders waiting to play the ball when it came down, it never came back down. <laughs> so he was credited with a ground rule double, and the ball stayed up there in the lining of the dome until the next day somebody went up there and knocked it down before the game. So I thought of this and I'm like, wow, that sounds very familiar. A very small, uh, very small hole in this large venue that they didn't think anybody could ever hit. And I thought, where have I heard this plot before where instead of a drainage valve, 
that nobody thought it would be able to cause any damage <laughs> with. It was actually a thermal exhaust port built into a structure by an engineer that was forced to build it. Yeah, sounds like a movie. <laughs> I just thought it sounded a lot like Star Wars. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's Star Wars-ish for sure. Yeah, I mean, they're like, oh, where should we put this drain valve? Well, let's put it up here. That's right. But it's in play. And Nobody's going to get it. a baseball up here. He found it. <laughs> and someday they'll make another, they'll make a movie about it. Way, you know, in the, in the, in the future about how. That's right. I'm, the Hubert H. Humphrey Dome had a small uh, drainage valve that nobody thought they could hit. Yeah, I'm just glad it didn't blow it up, dude. <laughs> well, eventually it did. Eventually it led to it being blown you up. You think that's what it was? It could <laughs> it's, be. That was it. it was, uh, they set it on a path that eventually it was going to be blown up. All right, let's get into our debut. So this show is debuting on August 4th. I've got two debuts, and they're both recent guys. First, in 1991, Mike Messina made his debut today, Moose. And I'm saying Messina. Remember when we had Tom Hudler, the uh, Mariners PA announcer? He pronounced it a different way. Yeah. But he had a different way of pronouncing it. And uh, he spoke to Mike Messina about it. So I'm going to go with his way. But uh, Messina made his debut at Chicago versus the White Sox, where, of course, he faced Charlie Huff, because I think everybody faced Charlie Huff in their debut. It's a, it's uh, a Mucina rule. lost one to nothing. He pitched seven and two thirds, gave up one hit or I'm sorry, four hits, four walks, one K and one home run that lost the game for him to Frank Thomas. So no shame there. <laughs> None. No, no, no way. <laughs> nope. 18 years. Mike Messina pitched total records, 270 and 153. An ERA plus of 123, a 3.57 FIP. He was inducted into the Hall of Fame last year. He was a five-time All-Star, but never won a Cy Young, which is interesting. Yeah. He also claimed seven gold gloves in his career, which is the second most for an American League pitcher behind Jim Cott. Wow. He went 20 and nine in his final year at age 39 with the Yankees. He is the only Yankee pitcher to ever win 20 games in a season and then retire. And the last pitcher to ever do that in baseball was Sandy Koufax, who went 27 and nine in 1966 for the Brooklyn Dodgers and then retired. Wow. I I did not realize he won 20 games in that last year. That's That's incredible. I I can't see myself calling the quits after something like that. I mean, I wonder how much money the Yankees threw at him. Yeah. I mean, to say, come back. To get a 20-game winner to come back, you, you know, I mean, yeah. and it's the Yankees. So, yeah. I'm sure it was plenty. But good for him for saying, no, I think I'm done. I'm good. Yeah, very impressive. He was, I remember watching uh, Mussina. I remember him in Strat. He was really, really good. And then when we when I would go to Mariners games, I, I wouldn't be too happy if Mussina was pitching because he, he was so dominant when he was in the groove you couldn't hit him did they hide the mariner moose when moose was pitching at the kingdom are they like hey just take the day off yeah I we think don't so. want him to think that you're here for him right i think so i think that we actually had someone uh, uh tony the squirrel uh pinch hit there <laughs> for, for the moose that night and tony's a good guy yep. but he's just not that very sounds big. right Yeah, well, so Mike Messina, uh, also a crossword puzzle enthusiast. Oh, wow. And he was so much so, he was featured in a documentary about crosswords called Wordplay in 2006. No kidding. 
And uh, he also is a collector of tractors and vintage cars. Tractors. Wow. That's a new so one for me. I, that seems like a storage issue, though. <laughs> well, well, I guessing he made a good amount of money during his career. <laughs> so he built, uh, he built, you know, he could have just bought the kingdom and moved it down there for his tractors. I'm just saying, <laughs> but anyway, that, that, that's not how we do things here. So no. very interesting though. Uh, Messina was uh, not as well known, I think, as he deserves to be. He was, he was really a, a stopper. Yeah, he was. He was an ace for the, for the, uh, the Orioles mm-hmm. and then the Yankees. Yeah. Yep. Uh, next and this one will this one will warm your cockles. Uh, Two thousand and five, Felix Hernandez makes his debut today uh, at age nineteen at the Tigers. He loses three to one to Sean Douglas. Fernando Rodney with the save for the Tigers. Oh boy, yeah, that hurts. <laughs> uh, Felix went five innings. He gave up only three hits and only one earned run. Walked two, struck out four. So, so far in his career, Felix is 169 and 136. He's pitched for 15 years, all with the Mariners so far. Yes. Of course, he opted out this year. He signed with the Braves, but he opted out uh, because of COVID-19. On June 23rd, 2008, in his only at-bat of the season, the King hit his first Major League home run, a grand slam off of Johan Santana of the New York Mets. I, I will never forget that because I was driving and I was listening to the game on the radio and, and I almost ran a red light because I was so blown away. I, like he did, he, What do you mean home run? What do you mean grand slam? You know, I couldn't, I just couldn't picture it. And then I had to slam on the brakes. Thankfully, you were, you were under control. Um, that was not the end of his uh, accolades, though. In 2010, he won the Cy Young Award. He's been an all-star six times, but has yet to ever play in a postseason game. Yep. I know that hurts. That hurts. That sucks. Yeah. That's a cheap show. Well, yeah. I think, now, were you here, were you there for the, no, you couldn't have been, because I, I did the play-by-play. August 15th, 2012, perfect game yes. versus the Tampa Bay Rays. I was living in Los Angeles. Ah, so that's that. That is the that was my second perfect game. That's right. And the first one that I was scoring. But yeah, that one. Hernandez has an older brother, Moises, who spent 12 years playing minor league baseball in various organizations. And probably my favorite fact about Felix Hernandez is he has an incredible alter ego named Larry Bernandez. Oh, you got to love Larry. I I, I don't really display bobbleheads. But I do have a Larry Bernandez bobblehead up that I do display. Now, if you're not from the Pacific Northwest or a Mariners fan, you probably don't know who Larry Bernandez is. Look in the show notes. I'll put some links to some of the Mariners great promotional commercials with Larry Bernandez in it because they are genius. They're hilarious. Get a good time doing that. All right. We don't have a trivia answer this week because I <laughs> aced your trivia quiz last week. <laughs> I'm not asking any more trivia. I, I, you know. All right. So uh, we've just got a question for you. And I thought, you know, we had so much fun talking about the uh, most career hits for the uh, Mets and Yankees combined. I thought, why not go to the well again? Oh, boy. So my question to you, who is the only pitcher to have a 20 win season for both the Mets and the Yankees? Oh, wow. And it's not Mike Mussina. So <laughs> no, it wouldn't be out yeah. right out of the beginning. Wow. So uh, give that a thought. I am very confident that I have the answer that we will not keep going on about this for four shows afterwards and, so. and get emails and so on. Yeah. Yes. 
they were all very friendly. Don't get me wrong. Our, our listeners yeah, were no, very friendly. Good, good to hear from, like I said, the easiest way to get people to talk to you on the internet is say something wrong <laughs> and uh, everyone will let you hear about That's it. That's right. There you go. There's our trivia question. Okay. Uh, let us now let the grounds crew do their stuff and let's jump in to this great time that we had uh, the first part of our conversation with an uh, 11-year veteran from the major leagues. Let's jump right in with Vance Law. Our guest today is part of a baseball legacy. His father, Vern Law, played for 16 years with the Pittsburgh Pirates, won a World Series and a Cy Young Award in 1960. Vern's son, Lance, likewise came up with the Pirates and then spent 11 years in the big leagues with the White Sox, Expos, Cubs, and A's. We are very excited to have with us today, Mr. Vance Law. Vance, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. It's nice to be with you. Well, great. Uh, I like to start these these uh, interviews off with former players and talk about your debut, because I have found that every time we ask a former player about their debut and their first hit, their first home run, they always I, I have the information here in front of me, but they always seem to know exactly every detail about that. Do you remember your your first game in the majors? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, it was a well, it was a, such a shock to receive a phone call uh, from my AAA manager. I was in Spokane, Washington. We were on the road trip. I was playing in Portland, Oregon at the time. And uh, we were on a road trip up to play Spokane. And I got a call from uh, Jim Mahoney, my manager. And he said, uh, uh, are you sitting down? And I said, no. And he said, why don't you sit down? And I didn't know what that meant. I thought maybe I might be traded because I've seen guys get traded. And uh, then he said, uh, Pittsburgh would like you to be in Pittsburgh t tonight and be ready to play tomorrow. You know, I was ecstatic. And so he said, get to the ballpark, pick up your stuff, take, take a cab, keep your receipts. You know, we were on a three-day, just a three-day trip up to Spokane. I said, I've only got a few clothes. And he goes, well, take a flight back to Portland, have your wife meet you with a suitcase and get off to Pittsburgh. So, so they had made flight arrangements and all that. So I flew to Portland, told my wife uh, goodbye. Actually, I called her before and told her the good news, but uh, then I met her there. She handed, a, handed me a suitcase and off, off I went in as much as Pittsburgh was uh, where my father played for so long. He played only for one team. I was, pretty well acquainted with some of the uh, some of the city although they had a new stadium now because my dad played in old Forbes Field and now there was Three Rivers Stadium mm -hmm. so when I landed in Pittsburgh you come through the tunnel and there was the stadium uh, you come through a tunnel through the mountain and it just opens up to the Three Rivers uh, the Allegheny the Monongahela and then it flows into the Ohio right there and right where that confluence is, is where the stadium is and it was all lit up and it was it almost brought tears to my eyes because I thought here's what I'd always you know dreamed of well I, I got yeah. I got down there to the stadium they dropped me off went into the clubhouse there's your locker you got your number you know a number there and uh was a huge number it was 49 and i you know i didn't i didn't want to have to have a 49 but i'd take it anyway so at any rate i i uh 
I didn't dress that first night because they hadn't officially DL'd anybody, put somebody on the disabled list to open up a roster spot. But they, uh, so I watched the ball game from the stands. And uh, then the next, uh, the next night I was in the lineup and we were playing the New York Mets, uh, batting eighth, uh, right in front of the pitcher. My first at bat, I, I'll never forget. Oh, and I was playing second base, and I've been playing shortstop my whole, pretty much my whole minor league career. And so this was really the first game since college that I've been at second base. And so I had, you know, some quick uh, during during batting practice, took some feeds for double play balls and things like that. Ended up turning, I think, two double plays during the game. And uh, my first at bat, I remember standing up there, and uh, it was hat. It was hat day, so there were 55,000 people, and I was my my legs were literally shaking, and uh, <laughs> you know that was it was tough to calm down that first at bat, and I just had promised myself I'm not going to strike out this first time up, I, and that's not the way I want to start. So I ended up flying out to right field off of Pete Falcone, a left-handed pitcher for the for the Mets, and. In my fifth at bat, I believe we'd scored a lot of runs, and so I was up for the fifth. I doubled down, down the right field line for my first major league hit, and uh, that was a big thrill. I took the ball into the dugout. I ended up scoring, and uh, when I got to the dugout, Willie Stargell came up with this ball and handed it to me. I looked at it. And there were curse words all over it. Your first blankety blank <laughs> hit. And I said, I, I thought to myself, I'm not going to be able to show this ball to anybody. And I was just kind of in shock. And then uh, they all started laughing, and he handed me the real ball. So I've got the, oh, so I've awesome. got the real ball here in my house. So, but that was that was kind of my first debut and introduction to Major League Baseball. That had to have been really special. I mean, I'm assuming that you had to spend a lot of time in Pittsburgh growing up, you know, with your father playing his entire career there. That you you probably knew people there. People probably knew your name. That I've got to imagine that had to have been extra special. Not just making the major leagues, but to be you know and and playing for the franchise that your father spent his entire successful career with. Right. It was uh, it was the first. It was my favorite team by far. I didn't want to play for anybody else. I loved playing. Or I loved going to the ballpark with my dad. Uh, there was a couple of ushers that kind of looked out for me and my brothers when I was a little boy and they were still being ushers in the new stadium. Oh, wow. And, and a couple of them came down and I knew one of them was Usher Eddie. We used to call him Usher Eddie and he used to always have a piece of candy that he would give to all of us boys when I was little. He came down to the to the, to the the fencing there and uh, reached – he caught my attention. He looked the same and he handed me a piece of candy and said, you remember me? And I said, of course, Eddie. And <laughs> so awesome. it was, it was, <laughs> it was pretty special to, to be there in the city that I kind of grew up in. Yeah. That was really fun. Really fun. So I, uh, before I get Mark to ask a question, I've got, I want to talk about your first home run. Okay. Because, uh, it, uh, Mark is actually based in Seattle and, uh, it, <laughs> came off of a very interesting pitcher. <laughs> I'm going to assume you remember quite a bit about your first home run as well. Yeah, I do. I, I do. It was, 
you're playing up in Seattle and Kingdom, and this was uh, I've been traded to the White Sox in in uh, the spring training of '82, and uh, we were playing in Seattle. I, and gosh, I, I'm not sure exactly when the date was, but it was pretty late. In the, I mean, it was halfway through the season, probably in June somewhere. June 26th. Yeah. Yeah, and I hadn't I hadn't hit a home run yet, and I'm thinking I know that I I mean I hit some once in a while and. BP, but I don't really, you know, try to hit it out of the ballpark. But I, I know that, uh, you know, and I could hit the ball well to right center field. We're facing Gaylord Perry. He obviously is the guy that's well known for throwing spitters. So I get up there and uh, against him, and he hung the slider, and I hit it deep in the left center field fence, over the fence, and I uh, come around the bases, and I was. You know, I was thrilled to hit my first home run, and I, I just couldn't believe, you know, that it actually had happened, and it just kind of came as a surprise because at that point I was just, you know, you just try to hit the ball hard, and if it happens, it happens. But uh, to have it happen against the Hall of Fame pitcher, you know, I get to the dugout, and everybody figured that I'd already hit some in the major leagues, and so I didn't get the real ball back. Oh, no. uh, I, so I oh. didn't, I have a ball from the game itself, but I didn't get the ball back because I didn't know you could ask the security guy to go out and get it. Like there's always a security officer in the dugout and you could ask him to go get it or send somebody to get it and just trade them another ball for huh. that memorable one. So, you know, so I don't have the official ball. Somebody, somebody's got it out there and maybe they've played catch with it or whatever, but, uh, yeah, that was my first home run, and it was uh, certainly memorable. Vince, you just mentioned you were traded to the White Sox uh, in 82. And you played there 82, 83, and 84 is uh, what I've got here. And so you played in a very interesting game. Uh, I wanted to ask what you think of the new rule about putting a runner on second base <laughs> during extra innings because you could have used one <laughs> in the in the game I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah that was uh, – we were playing Milwaukee. We were playing Milwaukee, and uh, we were behind, I believe, by like two runs, I think, in the, even in the bottom of the ninth inning. And there was – we had guys on uh, maybe second and third, and uh, there was a ground ball hit to Randy Reddy. And uh, – I I've never seen a a worse throw, and I know he's he was a he was a pretty <laughs> solid player, but he threw this ball twenty rows up over the first baseman's head. I mean, it was not even close. It, it's like he, you know, just completely lost it. And we ended up scoring two runs to tie the game. And you know, little little did I know that we were going to play for eight hours and eleven minutes and twenty five innings. Uh, before we finally <laughs> won it, but it was, uh, I think we got to about the 20th inning in that evening. And then there was a curfew like one, one o'clock in the morning and they had to stop the game and we were tied, but in about the 17th or 18th inning, Ben Ogilvy hit a home run, a three run home run to put them up. And then Harold Baines in the bottom of that inning hit a three run home run to tie it and and that's what sent us on to more innings. And we ended up having to re- play the, the remainder of that game like at 6 o'clock the next day. Tom Seaver uh, got the win in that game. And then he was also the scheduled pitcher for the 
regularly scheduled game, and we won that game also. So he got two wins in one day. Harold Baines, I believe, hit the hit a walk off home run in the bottom of the twenty fifth. Um, I was uh, I kept a very modest like eight nine game hitting streak going by going one for ten, and I got my <laughs> got my only hit like in the first at bat of the game. So I was over nine for the rest of the twenty. Oh, that was a yeah. That wasn't a great offensive performance. And you know, the funny thing is, it's mentioned on my baseball card on one of the baseball cards that I I have the record for the longest game without an error of twenty five innings. And you know, <laughs> yes. I think that's the silliest silliest stat because I honestly don't know how many balls I had hit to me. It could have been two, but I, you know, <laughs> but uh, that's what they say. I played the longest the longest uh, errorless game in, in the history of baseball. So that's one record I've got going for me. Yeah. <laughs> I came across that. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't know if that one's going to get broken. Yeah, guys. that's true. I mean, you, you may have that. Problem. That's true. <laughs> I want to know how in a 25 inning game, you pitched a lot in your career. How at no point in that game, did they not put you on the mound at any point? Well, I was still young, and uh, most of the innings that I got were later on when when managers that uh, I played for knew that I – because I threw extra batting practice, and so they knew I could throw strikes. When I was young with the White Sox, they didn't want to take any chances with a lot of their younger players, so, you know, just for injury's sake. But um, I was willing to do it, and I told Tony – if you needed me for anything, I could, you know, I can go out and throw strikes. But we we went with pitchers that whole time. You know, we even for a twenty five inning game, we never had to go to a, a position player. But the roles are different now than they were then. You know, you, you had a couple of long relievers, and you know, your starter goes seven, and then the long reliever went another six or seven, and. Another long reliever goes another five or six, and then you start piecing together. Certainly, Tony kind of brought in the you know the lefty lefty matchup and righty righty righty, and you could go through a bunch of pitchers if that's if that was your style. But that particular, he must have had some sense that the game's going to go for a while, so we're going to we're going to uh, just keep the same guys out there. Plus, you're you're in the American League, and you don't have to pinch hit for a pitcher when he comes sure. up. You know, you got the DH, so pitchers can last a little bit longer during a ball game than they do in the National League. So you pitched seven times in your career, which is, yeah. as I said, that's that's quite a bit for a position player. What was your what was your pitching repertoire? What was your go to? Well, your, your... <laughs> I, I I threw I threw pretty hard. I threw pretty hard and. Uh, at least for for an infielder that steps on the mound, uh, so I and and I can throw two seamer that that would move, and so I threw sinkers, I threw a hard hard sinkers somewhere in the neighborhood ninety one ninety two, and then wow. uh, I could throw a I could throw a slider, and then just I just fooling around on the side, I would I would throw a change up occasionally, and just a circle change in it kind of keeps the same arm speed, but the ball just kind of flutters out, doesn't come out as hard. Um, but, you know, I don't claim to be a pitcher, but I will say the first time I went, we were playing the Padres. I was with Montreal, 
and uh, we were getting blown out. So I pitched in every one of the games that I pitched in were all blowouts. So we're just trying to save our bullpen for the next day rather than, you know, blow out another guy and he has to miss another day. So they just put me in and the uh, first team were playing are the Padres. And uh, first guy up is a guy named Marvell Wynn. And I got him to fly out. Uh, next guy was uh, Kevin McReynolds. And I got him to ground out the shortstop. And here we are, we're down 10 to one or something like that. And then in the uh, top of the ninth. And then the next guy is Tony Gwynn, who, as everyone <laughs> knows, is one of the greatest hitters that's ever lived. And I got him to ground out, roll over to second base with a, with a off-speed sinker that I threw. Came into the dugout and said, how tough is that, guys? <laughs> you know, looking at the pitchers like, gosh, three up, three down, no problems. What's the deal with you guys? But, you know, it's a, it's a strange game how stuff like that can happen. And later I coached, when I was coaching at BYU, Tony was uh, the coach at San Diego State. And uh, he had uh, been interviewed in some sport magazine saying, if you had one at bat to have back, which at bat would that be? And in that article, it said, <laughs> and at bat I had against Vance Law, who got me <laughs> got me to roll over <laughs> to the second baseman. He said, I wish I had that at bat back because that was wasted. <laughs> so yeah, it was uh, it was kind of fun to do, and and I. I pitched against some really good players. I pitched against the the Pirates. They had Andy Van Slyke and Barry Bonds at that time. I think I actually had to go two innings. I got my I got two back to back strikeouts uh, in against the Giants. I struck out Dave Henderson and uh, Robbie Thompson back to back, and uh, that was kind of that was fun. And then I I later played with Dave Henderson, and I kind of ribbed him and said, oh, you got out of the National League, went back to the American League because it was a little too tough for you in the National League when I struck you out. <laughs> and he was, a, he, was a great, he was a great player and a real good sport about that. But, uh, yeah, it was wonderful. It was fun, a lot of fun doing that. Yeah, you took my next question. My next question was, Gwen was 0 for 1 against you. How did you handle him so easily? But that, that obviously was <laughs> something that you yeah. definitely remembered. <laughs> he wasn't expecting anything off speed, Vance. And I, I, you totally just you fooled him. It was beautiful. Well, uh, you know, when you see somebody like that come up, you know, I mean, because he handles the bat so well. If you throw it outside, he's going to slap it to left field. You throw it inside, and he can take you deep. So he's somebody that uh, you just want to try and you know throw strikes to and keep the ball out of the center of the plate, and hopefully you get get a rollover. So that's what happened. I tell you what, you you retired with an ERA of three point three eight, so not so well, bad. <laughs> yeah, I teased my dad about that because I think mine's just slightly lower than his. <laughs> but he always comes back and said, yeah, but I, I got to a World Series and I hit 300 in a World Series. So uh, I don't have a comeback for that. He probably probably flashes no, that Cy Young 
uh, shows you that Cy Young too. <laughs> That's right. Yep, for sure. Okay, so that was a great first part of our conversation with Vance Law. Next week, we're going to get into some uh, more stuff. We're going to uh, talk a little bit more about his father and a baseball that was very interesting to hear about. So yeah, be sure to join us next week. We've got more with Vance Law. But uh, Mark, what do you say? Do you want to once again go down in flaming defeat in a segment that we like to call, and so we do, Wax Pack Heroes? I'll be honest with you, man. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of in a rut right now. I, I don't know what to do to change things around. I need a stopper. I need to throw up a win here. I can hear your confidence is a little shaken. It is. It, it is, is good news for is what it's doing. It is good. All right. So this week, Mark, I have got a two packs of 1988 score, the original maiden voyage wow. of score. Some of my favorite cards because they're just got great pictures on them. Uh, so right now, before we get into that, though, let's just take a quick look at the standings board right now after I've won two in a row. So I'm starting to chip away. I'm getting within striking distance. You have 18 wins. I have 15. We're playing to 20 on this season. So you just need two more, but I'm, I'm coming up strong. So Without any further ado, let's jump into this. Uh, we have got a, uh, like I said, two packs of 1988 score. Our rules are as such. We are using a May 1992 Beckett to give these cards some value. Uh, the other rules, if you are wearing real stirrups and we can see them, you get an extra cent. If you are wearing the two-in-ones, probably won't be a problem here in 88, but that is a minus cent. If you are wearing a sweet mustache, you get an extra one cent. And if you are now in the Hall of Fame, you get an extra five cents. So without any further ado, Mark, which pack would you like? The pack on the left or the pack on the right? Well, I've been picking wrong, obviously. So my, my leanings here are to pick the pack on the right. So I'm going to take the one on the left. One on the left. All right. I'm going to do my usual thing and I'm going to have you go first. Yes. So... I am going to put these packs there and I will go ahead and open this for you. All right. Well, you're starting off with an Oakland athletic, so that'll make me happy. Um, this is a shortstop. Uh, we've had his card many times before. I think we also think of him as a Los Angeles Dodger and a Toronto Blue Jay. It is Alfredo Griffin. Oh, sure. Uh, Alfredo Griffin... I remember uh, having him in like in Strata and he 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 had a little bit of pop to him, if I remember correctly. Uh, yeah, a little bit, uh, mainly just a, a good middle infielder. Sure. Um, this is a good picture of him, though. He's crouched down in his uh, shortstop position. Uh, definitely got real stirrups and he's got a mustache. That's going to be your only value, though. Uh, nothing in Beckett, but that'll get you on the board. Cool. It's a good way to start. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this is uh, timely. So uh, Vance Law went to BYU. He also coached. He was the head coach there for 10 years. This guy also went to BYU and was also a teammate in the uh, 84 Olympic team with a former guest, Don August. It is Corey Snyder. Corey Snyder, a fantastic ball player, good defensively, had a lot, hit, hit a number of home runs and had a gun of an arm. Yeah, now I can't tell here if he has got 
he he has a blonde mustache most of the time. Most of the time, yeah. Yeah, he's definitely got it there. So I can't see any stirrups, but uh, I'm going to give you the mustache there. So that'll get you up to three cents there. Corey Snyder. Remember Pat Tabler? Pat Tabler was, uh, he always had, um, he was the guy that, when the with the bases loaded, he had really good stats at the bases loaded. But Corey Snyder, man, yeah, had a good bat. Oh, yeah. All right, next we've got pitcher for the Minnesota Twins, Les Straker. Ooh, you got me on that one. Yeah, I'm not as familiar with Les Straker as I'd like to be. <laughs> See, I'm just as familiar with Les Straker as I want to be. <laughs> Uh, no value there. He does have real stirrups on though. So you'll get one cent. Now this is an interesting picture though, because he is in a shadow, but the crowd behind him is in the sun. So it's so interesting, very uh, artistic. Uh, next, uh, I've named him, I think my third or fourth favorite third baseman of all time. Here he is with the New York Yankees, Mike Pellerulo. Pags. Yeah, Pags. man. I couldn't spell that uh, if you wanted me to, yeah, but I know well, you have it in front of I you. I won't ask. Yeah, I won't ask. <laughs> okay. Uh, but Pags played quite a few. I remember he was on the Padres as well. I don't remember who else off the top of my head. I remember Mike Pele really with, but he was always, he's kind of a stocky guy over there at the corner, but I always liked him. Uh, uh, mustache and uh, real stirrups for you, but that's it. Two cents, that brings you up to six cents. These uh, 88s are helping on the stirrups, I tell you what. Yeah, there's. I don't think we're worried about the two-and-ones on these. Uh, next, we have got Japanese legend for the short time that he was there. I know you and I have both discussed how much we liked him when he was with the Red Sox. It is Mike Greenwell. Oh, I loved Mike Greenwell, yep. Mike oh. Greenwell probably should have been the MVP this year, I think. This was the year that, wasn't 88 the year that Canseco won it, but Greenwell really had that incredible year. Yeah, they, they had a year where they were both just like monsters. I remember I remember thinking, man, you know, Greenwell is like, he, he didn't hit balls as far as Canseco did. Boy, was he was an all-around good hitter, though. Yeah, that was Canseco's 40-40 year. So he okay. was kind of just given yeah. the MVP. But Mike Greenwell's numbers all around were just as good, if not better, I believe. So that card is worth 20 cents. He's got a mustache and he's got stirrups. So that's a 22-cent card. Mike Greenwell so, still coming through for me. Big money for you. Yeah. Next, we've got third baseman. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure this is a guy that got run over by a tarp in the 80s. Uh, <laughs> five world series it is third baseman terry pendleton oh yeah terry pendleton it was um, was it him or coleman i think it was it was no it was i think terry, it was Vince, right? wasn't it i don't remember it was one of the two yeah somebody will tell us pendleton solid uh infielder you know he had a little bit of power and, and and a good hitter yeah and then he went on to to, to be third baseman for the Braves prior to Chipper Jones yes. for quite a while. Yes. I remember uh, when I was working for the Braves and my my friend ran the Braves Hall of Fame and Museum, I got to, I had my picture taken holding in the in the back room, I had the white glove treatment, uh, holding his MVP award. Nice. Which was pretty cool. Cool. Uh, so that will get you, uh, what did I... Did I say that was that was uh, real stirrups and a four cent card? So that's five cents for you. So that'll bring you up to thirty three cents. Ooh. Uh, next, we've got Mariner outfielder. I remember this picture. It uh, is of him taking a swing at Old County Stadium in Milwaukee. It is John Moses. John Moses. Yeah, he was a Mariner for a while too, I believe. 
I couldn't tell you anything. I, I remember this card, but I don't know of John Moses as a baseball player. Uh, can you name the number of times somebody made a reference to parting the Red Sea when John Moses came up to bat? Well, you know, if they ever played the interleague and it would have played the Reds, then that would have been great. <laughs> Why is that? Go ahead. <laughs> All right. Uh, that is uh, not worth anything, but you get uh, stirrups and a mustache. Yeah. Up to 35 Everybody, seconds. man. I'm telling you. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Third baseman for the Rangers. It is Steve Bouchel. Steve Bouchel. Buscemi, but Bouchel. Right. Very different uh, teeth. Yeah. Steve yeah, Bouchel. Good eyeballs. ball player. Yeah. He was a hard nosed guy. Had some pop. Mm -hmm. I remember that. He was uh, third baseman for quite a while there. And uh, did some managing. I think he's a coach in the big leagues now. But that is worth one cent because he's got a real some real stirrups on there. Next is uh, this guy was on the 86 Mets team, second baseman and uh, a manager. We've talked about the series where he was managing that minor league independent team in uh, in Georgia. It is none other than Wally Backman. Uh, Wally Backman. Yes. Another. He was on that uh, amazing 86 Mets team, wasn't he? Yep, he was the second baseman there. Uh, his card, though, not worth anything, but you've got real stirrups and you've got a mustache because this is a 1988, so that's two cents. <laughs> and that'll bring you to 36 cents uh, with uh, about a little bit more than halfway through the pack. Uh, we talked about this guy last week, as a matter of fact, because uh, he blamed a ball that dribbled through his legs on a wet glove. <laughs> it is none other than Bull Durham, Leon. Oh, Durham. That's right, Leon the Bull. Yeah. yeah, another really strong guy. Just, just man, when he got a hold of one, he could give it a ride. Yep. Big, uh, big first baseman would have been a DH in the American League. Yep. Uh, cards not worth anything, but uh, real stirrups and a mustache. He's got those sun, those, those glasses. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which uh, next week you'll we'll, we'll talk about those glasses because Vance Law also wore those science teacher sunglasses. So <laughs> uh, we talked to him about that briefly. Okay, um, that brings you up to 40 cents. Next is a uh, reliever for the Tigers, the left-hander, Mark Thurman. Mark Thurman. I, I honestly, I think I remember the name just because uh, of the cards, because I, yeah. <laughs> so many of his cards. We are to the point where we've, we've had just about everybody's cards. So even if we don't really remember them, we remember their yeah. cards. Uh, one cent here for the real stirrups. Not anything else going on there in, in yeah, I don't remember. Mark Thurman, Mark Thurman, not to be confused with Gary Thurman, who I believe had a rookie prospect card in this very set. Because oh, I remember collecting it and nothing happened. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Horn. Yeah. Okay, next, uh, Danny Jackson, left-hander for the Kansas City Royals. I remember he was a, he was a pretty tough pitcher. Yeah. I, around for a while. I remember thinking... Uh, you know, I'd rather not face him. But, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, he was a solid pitcher. I pay, played for a couple Left different teams. Left-hander, uh, real stirrups, no mustache, though, no value in Beckett, so that'll bring you up to 42 cents. Next, we've got Ed Lynch from the Cubs. Uh, can't tell you anything. I know the name. I, I don't even remember the name, but he has got some long, long real stirrups on. Beautiful. And that's all that we really care for right here uh next we've got boy he's grimacing here as he's getting ready to throw this pitch uh he i remember this guy was a fireballer he had a good fastball it's jeff russell for the texas rangers 
Yeah, I remember Jeff Russell. He was, uh, he threw hard. Uh, I mean, he was a reliever in Texas. How far can you go? Yeah, I think he, <laughs> I think he was, uh, I think he closed for them for quite a while too. Um, but uh, no value in Beckett. But uh, real stirrups and mustache, yeah. that brings you up to 45 cents. Next, uh, boy, I remember this guy, but this is a great picture because they've got the, it's the old Phillies pinstripe uniform with the, with the purple or whatever color that is, but it is lefty Wally Ritchie. Um, don't know that. I'm not familiar with that name. I remember him just cause he was a kind of a guy that kind of bounced around for quite a while. I think he was on the Padres at one point as well, but, uh, not much going on there from Beckett. He's got real stirrups cause everybody did at this point. So that's uh, one cent. That'll bring you up to 46 cents. You've got two cards left. You've got a rookie prospect. Here he is with the Pirates, Vicente Palacios. (laughs) Ah, yes. I remember putting that card in plastics because, hey, he was a rookie prospect, right? (laughs) Well, uh, that's a three-cent card, according to Beckett. You You can't see any stirrups and uh, no mustache. But, I mean, three cents is three cents. Yeah. I need every penny. All right, so your final card. Yes. Your final card, you're going to you're going to end it with a with a Hall of Famer. Oh good. So this is a good way to end it. It is Michael Jackson Schmidt. Very this nice. is a 1987 highlights card, so I'm interested to see. Usually these aren't worth a whole lot. Uh Mike Schmidt reaches the 500 home run plateau in 1987. Nice. Yes. Uh, let's see. That is worth eight cents. Uh, Michael Jackson Schmidt always had a mustache. So that's one cent and he's a hall of famer. So that is a six cents along with your eight cent. That makes that a 14 cent card. And, uh, quick math tells me that that will bring you up to 57 cents. Wow. Mike Schmidt comes through yet again. Yeah. For an 88 pack of score, that's a pretty good score. Yeah. I'm impressed. All right, so I got my work cut out for me. Uh, That Mike Schmidt, definitely your best card of the pack there. But let us now see what I got. Uh, Do we have to? Yep, we've we've got to. That's why uh, that's why everybody tunes in. All right. Well, now I've seen. uh, Oh, this is a good way to start out. I'm not gonna lie. It is a Hall of Famer right on the top of the pack. Oh, Oh, good. One of our favorites. From Spokane, Washington, it is none other than Mr. Ryan Sandberg. Rhino. Yeah, you can't be upset with pulling a Rhino card. No, that's that's a good-looking card, too. Uh, according to Beckett, it is worth 20 cents, oh. and he's got stirrups, and he's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> so that's a 26-cent card right out of the chute for me. I've halved your 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 lead already. Oh. Oh, but uh, that's what Rhino does. Yeah. This, is, this is the Ryan. This is our Ryan Sandberg game. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. Next. Uh, and I like it because it, it, it looks like it's probably early in the year. He's got long sleeves on and there's no ivy on the wall. So I'm going to guess that's in probably April. Uh, next, we've got outfielder for the Pirates. This is a great. It's the pullover Pirates uniform and they still got the gold helmets. It is R.J. Reynolds. R.J. Reynolds. Oh, I remember that guy. Yeah. Um, I remember the name, but uh, he looks like a guy that would have a lot of pop. Big, big, scary hitter. Um, I'm not sure he played in the bigs very long, but he did. He always he was a presence at the plate. Big dude. Uh, Yeah, boy, at this point, he'd been in the league for five years and did not have double digits. Uh, (laughs) 
So I don't think he played all the time, but uh, you know, if he had, he'd probably have 500 career home runs. <laughs> uh, no value in Beckett's. Uh, he probably has a mustache, but I can't see it. It's too, he's, he's got his head down and no stirrups to see. Uh-huh. Next third baseman for the Seattle Mariners in 1988. I will let you tell us who this is. 88 Mariners. It would be, wait, it was it Edgar. Nope. Because Edgar did play. It, it's, it's the same answer that it always is when I ask you this question. <laughs> Jimmy Presley. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it might have switched right around there. But, you know, it's funny. I asked about Edgar because Edgar did come up as a third baseman. Yep, most definitely did. Uh, no value for Jim Presley. He's got some real stirrups on, though. So that'll get me one cent up to 27 cents. Next, we've got a really tough left-hander for the Toronto Blue Jays. It is Jimmy Key. Oh, man. You know, how, how have we not talked more about Jimmy Key? He's just one of the aces of his era. It really was. You, you know, we haven't talked about him because he was, well, one, he was in Toronto. And, you know, before social media and ESPN had baseball all the time, Toronto, you only knew it if they came to town and you were in the American League. So, and, and he just kept his head down. He's just a quiet, yeah. dominating pitcher. Did you say so, he was yeah. low key? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Here we've got right fielder for the Rangers. Um, he played for a couple of teams. He played for the A's. He played for the Yankees. And uh, I think he played for one or two other teams. This is a young Ruben Sierra. Oh, wow. I used to collect Ruben Sierra. Um, yeah, any Ruben card I could get. The dude could hit. I'll tell you what. He could hit. Well, the, the dude also is worth 15 cents oh, come here on. in Beckett. He's got real stirrups and he's got a mustache. That is a 17 cent card. I don't believe this. Which, uh, that, what, that takes me up to 44 cents. Already, I am I'm steamrolling here. We uh, need next, like seven straight Pat Hankins. <laughs> next infielder for the Rangers, Kurt Wilkerson. I can't say I know that one. I remember the guy most definitely, but I know he's not going to be worth anything. No mustache, can't see any stirrups. He's a utility infielder. What was he doing? Not uh, having a mustache. Six, it was eighty-eight. That's why he's not worth anything. Mm. Next, we have got uh, second baseman for the Seattle Mariners in 1988, and that is Harold Reynolds. There you go. Good thing, man. Yeah. If I miss uh, no one, value in, in Beckett. Yeah, no value in Beckett, but he's got a mustache as always, and he's got stirrups, so I'll get two cents from that, and uh, that'll bring me up to forty-six cents. Harold Henderson here. I just, I love that story. Uh, next third baseman for the Detroit Tigers. It is Jim Morrison of the Doors. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I think that we're both fans. You could say we love him two times. Um, let's not leave that in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So that, that card is not worth anything, but he's got the real stirrups on, so I get one cent. There you go. Bring me up to 47. Next, uh, we've talked about this guy before. It is none other than left-handed starter for the Milwaukee, the Milwaukee Brewers. It is Teddy Higuera. Yeah, Teddy Higuera, or however you said it. Yeah, good ball player, good pitcher. <laughs> yep, tough guy. Uh, no value from Beckett, though, huh. but uh, he's got the real stirrups on, so that'll bring me up to 48 cents. I'm within nine cents now. Oh, boy. Uh, all I'm going to say for this one is Spanky. Mike Lavalier. Yeah, you got to love yep. him. 
You do. If you don't like Mike Lavalier, we can't be friends. That's right. That's a fact. Spanky Lavalier, you can't beat it. Remember, he had he had good speed for a catcher. He did, and he wasn't exactly a small guy either, but he could run. It, he yeah, he wasn't tall, but he was wide. Yes. <laughs> but uh, I guarantee you he's got stirrups on, real stirrups on, but he's, I can't see it because he's got his catcher's gear on, but I can see that mustache. Yeah, the so mustache I'll get cent for that. a definite. Next, Jeff Robinson, pitcher for the Buckos. Uh, he's come up before and I don't think I remembered him. Yeah, I don't think we knew anything about him. Still don't. No uh, stirrups to see and no mustache. <sighs> so we will move on to uh, this guy who... We get his card every every week, and every week I say, I believe he just passed away. It is Scott Sanderson. Ah, yes, we do get that card every week, don't we? Uh, we do. It was in my pack last week. Uh, just like last week, no value on the card, but he's wearing real stirrups. So that'll bump me up to 50 cents. And this next guy was also in my pack last week. It is outfielder for Cleveland. It is Mel Hall. Ah, Mel Hall, yes. Uh, a lot of power. And as I believe I mentioned before, an amazing haircut. <laughs> now, I am not sure here. Let me see. This, we might have a site. Nope, those are real stirrups. All right. I was worried there for a minute. I thought, I thought maybe we had some, some two-in-ones there, but nope, those are real. Uh, no value, no mustache in this picture. So that brings me up to 51 cents with four cards left. I'm six. I'm trailing by six cents. Uh, next is pitcher for the Montreal Expos with the crooked smile on the back of the card. It is Pasquale Perez. Oh, sure. Uh, card is not worth anything in Beckett. Interesting picture because he appears to be a little bit out of focus. Not the sharpest card. <laughs> Uh-oh. Which is interesting because these cards are, are scores are beautiful. Yeah, but score, that is, he's out of focus. Score there. was brought out to be kind of a more artistic version, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, no no value, uh, but he does have real stirrups, so I'll get one cent for that. Chipping away, 52 cents. Uh. Next, it is uh, old penitentiary face. <laughs> I don't remember who that is. You really don't? Penitentiary what face? What about correctional facility face? <laughs> Again, you, you lost me. <laughs> it's Jeffrey Leonard, one flap down. Oh, don't call me Jeff. Yes. Yes. Jeffrey Leonard, uh, this is a good picture. It's at Wrigley. He's extended. He's just at least swung at the ball. I'm guessing he probably made contact, and he is extending out in front of the plate. Uh, no value in Beckett, but he's got a mustache, and he has got stirrups. So that will bring me up to 54 cents within three cents of the lead. Next, I've got two cards left. Uh, my second to last card is pitcher for the Yankees, Bill Gullickson. Uh, I remember Bill Gullickson, sure. Uh, I remember the name, yeah, because he was on the Yankees when Ricky was there. No value in Beckett. He's got real stirrups, though. <laughs> so that'll bring me up to 55 cents with one card oh, left. Here's the pitch. This is going to be a very interesting end here. This is a Rookie of the Year winner. Oh. He is a Dodger. He is quite a character. He won the Cy Young Award as well as the Rookie of the Year Award in 1981. The lefty, the tornado, 
El Toro, Fernando Valenzuela. Oh, yes, boy. Fernando Mania. We're going to have to do a show on Fernando Mania. Yeah, we re- that would be a good one. Yeah. We definitely have to. So this card is not worth a single penny no way. in back. Oh, man. Fernando has never had a mustache. No. But he has real strips. Oh man. Look at this. Man, you might have to you might have to do a recount. Uh whoops. So that is yeah, I might need to go through this again. With that one cent, that takes me up to fifty-six cents, one cent short of your What a battle. <laughs> See, if I'd have gone second, it would have been an amazing comeback, but uh, the cards may wow. have changed. That is just... That's the closest that's we've, ever, we've ever played. Yeah, that's tough. So uh, let me update our scoreboard here. With that win, you are now within one win of clinching the title. Oof. That brings you up to 19 wins. I am still at 15. The narrowest of margins, Very narrow. a 57 to 56 win, but it looks like a blowout in the box score. So congratulations. Mark. Oh, thanks, man. That was uh, I earned every step of that. I, uh, I need a nap. All right. So uh, let's wrap up the show. Uh, first of all, we'll thank our listeners, as we always do. We really appreciate you listening to us each and every week. Or if this is your first time, welcome. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, check out our, our backlog. We've got what is this is episode 77. So wow. you could listen to the rest of our shows. It would take you several days. And uh, we, we think you should do it. Yes. Go for it. Do it. Uh, uh, tell a friend if you like it. Uh, if you like us, you can also find us on social media. Uh, we're pretty active there it's kind of hard right now we're both really busy with baseball underway but uh, we are at two strike noise that is at two strike noise on both twitter and instagram you can just search for two strike noise podcast on youtube i'm going to try to this week while i'm on the road sitting in a hotel try to edit some of these uh wax pack hero videos that i've left laying around recently uh, because I've been so busy. And Mark, they can also email us. Yeah, feel free to email us. Spell it out, T-W-O, strike noise, at gmail.com. So if you feel like writing a two-strike noise, you can always catch us there. We'll send you autographed pictures. Uh, send us a baseball card. We'll be happy to sign them, send them back to you. <laughs> it will. Just to warn you, though, if you send us a baseball to sign, it will be worth less after we sign it. Yeah, don't, don't send anything that you definitely want back so uh, be sure to join us next week we've got part two of our conversation with vance law we really had a good time with him he was uh, uh he had just some some great details for us on his career his father just a bunch of, of cool baseball stuff so be sure to join us next week uh we'll both be here uh hopefully you will be hopefully they're still playing baseball and hopefully everybody is safe so we will see you again next week on the next episode of two strike noise thank you god bless you have a great day